Tune into the manifesto hosted by Emily Wheaton, Logan Cook, and Logan Bishop. The Political Science Society's new radio cast. Catch us on local 107.3 FM and wherever you find podcasts. Yo. Okay, hello everybody. My name is Logan, and today my guest is Kevin Arsenal, the MLA for Kent North. Um, so, Kevin, you, you've been MLA for two years now, or four years now, my bad. You won, you won a seat that was a liberal stronghold for, I don't know how long. How did you do it? A long time. How did, how did you do it? A lot of hard work, um, knocking on doors, um, you know, I, I uh, moved into the community um, after university and, um, you know, became very implicated in, in uh, local politics, um, in, in provincial issues. Um, as a farmer, I was, uh, you know, on the uh, youth rep for, um, for the National Farmers Union in New Brunswick. Um, I was also president of la SINB, which is uh, the Société de la Cadiz du Brunswick, uh, who fight for uh, francophone rights in the province. And so um, all that put together, a lot of door knocking and, uh, you know, creating or building uh, strong uh, community ties. And, and, and I think being authentic with people, just telling them, you know, uh, I know I'm, I want to go to Fredericton. And uh, I'm not here to, to promise you anything. What I'm here to, pr- the only thing I can promise is that, you know, I will work as hard as I'm working right now and that I, I do work on, on the farm uh, for you guys in, in Fredericton. And uh, people uh, people decided to, uh, to, to to give it a chance. And I guess they, they weren't too, uh, too uh, you know, they, 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 they must have been, uh, happy with what I was doing because in, in 2020 I, I re-won an election with a, a stronger percentage so so that that went very well now I'm going to assume you're going to run for re-election in two years correct what's that you're going to run for re-election in two years aren't you are you going to run for re-election yes, in, yes. Did, well, okay. I'll be in re-election in, in 2024 um, there was a lot of work done also you know for for that for taking a liberal stronghold like that i mean uh-huh. uh, i can't i can't you know go by giving credit to my wife that had ran in 20 uh, 2014 okay. uh, for the greens and uh, she uh, she had done a pretty impressive score at the time going and get you know 18 percent coming in second place and so um and then when she decided in 2017 that she wouldn't run uh, again uh, that's when i said well you know i i, I could give a, a kick at the can and and uh, and uh, but yeah this there's the next elections would be coming up in 2024 uh so yes you remember the green party the greens have experienced a surge of support in the past two elections can you say could you know why the greens have experienced such high support I think again, it comes down. It boils down to hard work. Um, you know, we're we're uh, so David Kuhn got elected in 2014 um, as a one one man caucus. Uh, he was able to uh, be on top of issues, come down with you know pragmatic solutions, um, and 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 very researched uh, interventions in the House and and in the media. And so when the 2018 election came, um, 
we we garnered more support we we won two seats uh megan uh, from the member cook tantramar um was running for the second time uh she was able to go get the support of the majority uh, in her riding and then uh and then i think we just continued with that that kind of hard working attitude um you know uh, doing our our getting ready being being ready to uh do our interventions in the house doing a lot of research and uh and i think the the style of politics that the greens bring um you know have been bringing since 2008 uh, 2014 in the province is a very very um citizen-centered kind of politics where you know um uh since i've been elected we've been doing town halls all the time it's 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 just it's part of our dna and so uh so i think uh, that's how in 2020 even though we stayed uh, at three seats we did come in second place in, in 15 other ridings and uh one interesting thing that uh, i was talking with a prof uh political science prof from the uh, university of moncton and if you look at the numbers which is very interesting for the green party is that we are the only party at this time that our our scores are going up in both um the northern part of the province and the southern part of the province are if you want um you know uh with uh, the francophone voters and the anglophone voters and so um but both both other traditional parties conservatives have uh, you know been able to win uh, their last two elections by garnering support uh, only in the south mm-hmm. and the liberals um their scores have been going down uh, in the th- in the south uh, but you know keeping strongholds in the north so i think it's uh, uh, even though it wasn't it wasn't you know the results uh, i would i definitely would lie if i say that we um we would have definitely wanted to to win more seats but um all in all i think there's a lot of positive things to take away from it do does the green party have any seats that you think that you could win in the next election any seats that you were trying to win definitely i mean there's there's i think uh, a lot of a lot of potential um in in all parts of the province um i think like i said we we came in second place in 15 other ridings um so all obviously those 15 ridings are are part of uh of those seats that can be taken um there's there's seats in the north seats in the south um i think that you know uh, the green message um uh, definitely me and Megan uh, coming from uh, rural areas um, we're, we're, we're able to say also that you know we're we're talking to both you know urban centers and rural uh, New Brunswick I always say that you know in my riding which is very very rural um, you know uh, the, 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 the the fishermen uh, the people that like uh, to go uh, in the woods the people that you know like going uh, quadding um, they are, are are the farmers they're all people that are seeing um, you know climate change firsthand and so that message is is uh, is is, uh, is 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 making headways with uh, a lot of people they, they they know that some things have to change and and uh, they're, they're also realizing that uh, 
luckily uh, our message isn't only uh, climate change there's also uh, big economical uh, changes that need to happen over the, in the province uh, healthcare issues um, and, and you know um, a lot of education and, and a lot of different uh, things that, that that need to change so one of the biggest problems facing the province right now is definitely the healthcare system which yeah. we both know is it's collapsing around itself. What do you think are solutions to the healthcare system and how we can fix it and reform it? Yeah, so I mean, healthcare um, is is as you say uh, one of the most pressing issues. Um, it's 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 crumbling right in front of us, and but this hasn't you know been happening. This is this isn't new. If mm-hmm. if you look at the data, we've known that the system was going to crumble for years ago, um, but you know we didn't take the proper actions when when it was time to do so. Um, we're we're fighting a uh, a demogra- demographic problem. Uh, there's less and less, uh, you know, families of 15 or 12 kids just does, doesn't exist anymore, right? So, um, so who's going to be taking the place of all the people that are retiring, and how are we going to keep them there? So, I think one of the first things that we need to start thinking about is who is supporting our. Our, our health systems it's the nurses it's the lpns it's uh, the the people washing you know clothes in the hospitals it's the cooks it's it's the doctors uh, the specialists it's those are the people that are keeping that healthcare system uh going and so we need to be looking at um I think many things, but but uh, if I if I if I you know think about a few uh, just like that, I'm thinking you know obviously there's salaries. Uh, we need to keep you know people uh, in in the over over the living wage. Um, you can't you know have people uh, uh, who we rely on so much. Um, you know, living close to a poverty line or uh, to the living wage line. And and then you also need to be thinking about a quality of life. One of the big problems right now with young uh, healthcare workers, they're leaving the healthcare system because they do not have a quality of life. They are being overworked. Um, and so we need to be thinking of solutions to to uh, help uh, the next generation of healthcare workers and and the one that's still there, um, you know, um, be able to reconcile work and family and and you know uh, mental health and and, uh, and and just you know continue loving to do what they do. A lot of people go into healthcare like like the education system and and a lot of jobs that that we do they go in there because they they they're passionate about you know helping others and so how do we keep that that passion alive um and i think that that comes with uh you know uh, benefits and and quality of life and 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 all that so once we've looked at that problem then we need to look who is the healthcare system serving it's serving our communities and so 
we we did many errors in the past where we took the power away of the the communities that the healthcare system was serving, and so you definitely need to be looking at giving back that power and giving back those resources uh, to local communities. And we saw uh, with the Higgs government in uh, 2019, I think uh, during the budget, they wanted to cut. Um, some rural hospitals, uh, the services offered at rural hospitals. And I jumped right up. I have a hospital in my riding. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, make, trying to make the government realize that rural hospitals are part of the solution. They are not what is dragging us down. Um, there's actually maybe um, some people that would love to come uh, in Kent County for the quality of life that it offers. And so it could be used as leverage to get healthcare workers back in uh, the healthcare system, those healthcare workers that have left during the past five, 10 years. So, so I think rural hospitals are a big part of the solution. But uh, when all your corporate offices for Horizon and Vitalite and the government are located in, in uh, urban areas, and they kind of tend to 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 forget what rural New Brunswick has to offer. So that's why um, on that side we need to be looking at uh, at the uh, at the structure that we give ourselves and the the community input um, going into those different uh, you know services that we're offering to the population because if you take I don't know let's take the example of dialysis well right now in Kent County if you want dialysis you need to drive to to Moncton Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people from my community will be driving to Moncton for dialysis Uh, well if you take all those people away from the cities where um, the, the the bigger crunch is is, is being felt, uh, well, then you're keeping them here in local uh, health centers or hospitals, and uh, and then you're, you're able to, to offer those services not only um, at the betterment for the patient, but also, um, you know, keeping our, the vocation of our rural hospitals um, innovative and, 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 uh, and with the time. And so the third thing that I would say about healthcare is that what we've been seeing in the past years is not only a concentration of power uh, in the hands of um, centralized bureaucracies, uh, but we're also seeing this very, very worrisome um, um, I guess way of thinking that the private sector will have um you know uh better solutions and and uh become uh, health uh, health providers in different kind of services in the last years we could think about you know ambulance new brunswick being privatized with medavi we could look at um, extramural um, just recently uh, the government announced um, some partnerships uh, private partnerships for uh, for cataract surgeries 
Uh, we've seen it with the, uh, the blood clinic in Moncton. And so private is taking a bigger spot. Well, private, the only thing they're worried about is, uh, is profit at the end of the day. That's why they're private entities and, and how they're going to pay their, uh, the, the, the people that, are, uh, the, the, that have the actions in that, in that company. So, uh, so and, and what, what is happening is that, I mean, this is basic math, but if, if you have 10 healthcare workers and you privatize a service, well, they need workers too. So they've understood that to have workers in, that, in the system, you have to pay them well and you have to offer them a quality of life. So we're seeing a lot of our workers uh, going to these private clinics and then what happens if out of those 10 uh, healthcare workers, you have three gone in the private sector? Well, that leaves you only seven in, in, the, in the public sector. And then you also have people leaving for the reason I gave uh, a while ago, because we're not taking care of the healthcare workers. And so your number of healthcare workers is going down. And at the end of the day, you are crunching your system even more with less and less healthcare workers. So I, I think that, you know, private um, needs to be taken completely out of healthcare and we need to have um, systems that are connected to the communities, but that are, 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 are all, you know, publicly, publicly funded, but also publicly uh, um, addressed. Continue on, continuing on the healthcare uh, aspect, the mental health crisis in New Brunswick is, it's, an, epi- it's yeah. an epidemic right now. People are going to the ERs to get help and the ERs are sending them home and there's no specialist, there's nothing. What needs to be done to give people suffering from mental illness the help that they need? Yeah, so, and, and that's, that's another, uh, as you say, another uh, big crisis that we're facing. Um, our society uh, for many different reasons uh, like I was saying a while ago demographic uh, reasons uh, productivity reasons are putting more and more pressure on uh, individuals and so uh, healthcare is is on the rise uh, we're seeing more addiction problems all these numbers are, are going up so um, obviously you need to address the situation right now um, and and so you need to be looking at obviously uh, recruiting and retaining um, healthcare workers in the mental health uh, sector um, and I think that's another place that you know rural areas in New Brunswick could play a bigger role and why I say that is that um, uh, this take you know homelessness are, are some of these issues are addiction issues what's happening is that there's no services offered in rural areas so uh, these people are seeking out help are sometimes not seeking out help but in urban areas and so it's becoming an urban problem but populated with people from all around the province and and, and you know that um, people uh, that come from uh, rural regions that end up in the in the city in the urban areas um well then their chances of of uh, recuperating are are, are uh, getting their, their 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 problems addressed and and working on them are a lot um 
more difficult when you're not, you know, surrounded by loved ones, by uh, a community that's that that you know, uh, that's been there for you in the past. Are 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 um, are all these different kind of of uh, also just you know regional differences. So so that's that's. Um, I think that that's uh, rural areas need to play a bigger part in uh, in in, in uh, mental health, uh, the mental health crisis. But then, while you're doing that, you don't have a choice but to address the root cause. And the root cause, um, there there's many, and that's where it becomes, you know, uh, very uh, very uh, complex issue that it already is by itself. But then you need to be looking at, you know, inequalities. You need to be looking at redistribution of, of, of wealth. You need to be looking at um, uh, quality of life, uh, public infrastructure uh, in communities that that, um, that that are there for the kids. Um, you know, uh, I'm thinking a lot of kids that, that end up uh, into adult life, uh, if we would have dressed and had the resources to address the underlying issues um they, they wouldn't they, they might have not gotten to needing mental health services and so um that's that's where like i say it, get, it gets complicated but that's where i see uh, a lot of the work has to be done and in, in, in making sure that we're getting back um uh, that that whole idea that it takes a, a village to uh to um, to to bring up you know children and and so stronger communities um, with the necessary necessary resources to address the problems that are present in our uh, own communities. Last week, Dominic Curdy resigned from from the Higgs cabinet and left what I call a scathing letter of the premier. In it, he Curdy said that the premier wants to reform the French immersion program in New Brunswick. That's something that that would affect your riding. What are your thoughts on reforming the French immersion program? I, yeah, and I think there's no doubt that there needs to be some reforming. Um, I don't think that eliminating is uh, is is the solution. Um, uh, so there needs to be reforming. We need to give a chance uh, to absolutely everyone that wants to learn um, a second language the chance to do so, and and. That's uh, so. I didn't go through uh, the French immersion program personally. I, I went to to French school, um, but uh, so I, I'm not. You know, uh, I haven't been working on that issue as much as uh, my counterparts, Megan and, and David, um, who know the French immersion program fairly well from experience. Um, but there needs to be reform because what's happening is that we are seeing. Um, we are seeing many young people. Uh, it, it goes back to, you know, all these different underlying issues. Um, so you're creating basically classes of, of, of kids, kids that have access to French immersion and kids that don't. And, and so that's, I think that's what needs to be looked at um, when, when reforming. Um, it's not... But but eliminating a program that has been working, um, 
it would would make absolutely no sense but you need to make that program uh offer that program in a way that a lot more uh students have access to um all while uh you know retaining and and uh, ameliorating um other academic skills that need to be learned uh, let's talk about climate change. Hurricane Fiona hit New Brunswick a few weeks ago, and it hit the eastern part of the province especially hard. What what do we what does the government need to do to help combat climate change? Yeah, another big question. These are all big big issues, and uh, and, and uh, that's that's why uh, that's why I love doing what I do. Um, but yes, Fiona did show us, you know, the the wrath of of. Uh, of, of what climate change is uh, is has been is is continuing to be and that will uh, you know unfortunately be getting worse. I don't think there's going to be less of these storms. There's there's going to be more than these storms, and this is that's just not that's not just a hunch. That's what the experts have been saying again uh, for the past uh, 30, 20, 30 years, and so. Um, like I said, in, in our region, a uh, very rural part of New Brunswick, um, people are seeing uh, these changes firsthand in their everyday activities. You go on a wharf and you start talking with fishermen and they mm-hmm. all know about climate change and, and they've been living through it and, and they've been, uh, it's been happening and, and they've been observing it for, for a long time. And so what the province you know, needs to be doing, again, there um, is a, a, a multi-pronged approach. Um, when you think of these severe storms, there, there needs to be some you know, planning um, in, into it. Um, we've, we've, for the sake of, of taxes, uh, we've been uh, letting uh, places uh, develop uh, that are in in flood zones. We've been letting places develop which are in uh, in, in hurricane path uh, on on the coast. So we need to be thinking about how we're planning around our uh, our our. our uh, community planning um and 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 you know what uh what is being uh, offered and and um i guess uh i i, I I'm, I'm missing the english word for it there uh but uh, but when it comes to like zoning and stuff mm-hmm. like that, so we need we need to be thinking about that. You know, how are we um, how are we also planning all our roads? Anyone who drives on a New Brunswick road, if they look very closely, they'll see climate change in action every spring. And there's a lot more potholes every spring now, and the reason why is that there's more uh, there's more episodes of frost and and thawing, and so the the, the water is getting into the cracks. Um, there's you know uh, a flash freeze, um, it goes under zero, that becomes ice. The oh the ro- uh, ro- uh, the hole opens up. There's more. There's episodes of rain in the winter, and and so that's happening a lot more often than it used to be, and so that's another thing uh, that governments uh, definitely need to be to be worried about. How do you attack this on a larger scale? I mean, the solutions uh, there. There's so many and so many that we have to tackle at the same time. One um, solution uh, that we need to be looking at is. 
obviously reducing our emission and and electric cars are not going to be the only solution uh let's let's I, i always say let's not forget that electric cars aren't there to save the planet they're there to save the car industry and and so they, it needs to be part of the plan but it can't be the only plan so how can we uh, have a public transit system that works for new brunswickers um i uh, had the experience um of trying to get from rogersville to fredericton mm-hmm. using only public transit it took me 24 <laughs> hours and cost me 250 and and so that's not a public transit no. system that's working for new brunswickers and so how can we help families um you know uh if if they choose to do so um only have one car and then be able to rely on public transit um for for different reasons so we need to be looking at how we're going to uh reduce our dependency on on uh, on oil um we need also um you know governments uh to be looking into how um how we're going to transition workers uh there's a lot of workers um that uh, rely on this and they they cannot be the ones that pay the bill for climate change and so that brings me to the other point is that we need redistribution of wealth um to be able to attack these problems so uh when when you look at um the favors that uh, large industries um in new brunswick have been receiving from government um the ways that uh, companies uh, like the irvings uh, are are other big ones like like mccain and and uh, and um and um what's the other the um the the brags oxford frozen food uh, are the treatment they're getting um needs you know needs to stop and uh looking at 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 how a large industry has been able to funnel their money offshore all while using uh, the resources here in the province but not paying their fair share of of taxes um if i if you look at the forestry industry i mean the most jurisdictions have been stopping um clear cutting for many years because we we understand now uh the biodiversity impact that it's having on our environments that these are causing more flood plains um there's 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 a there's a lot of of uh, issues that that come with uh, fauna and flora and when you look at at, at these uh, clear cutting and it's not like there's no other alternatives out there 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 are many alternatives there's even some companies already having putting in place those alternatives here in the province uh, but the province has been blocking them because um big industry has a hand directly in uh in the uh in the in the whole uh, government system in New Brunswick and this this has been going on for 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 a very very long time now the talk let's talk about industry more the property tax assessments came out not awfully long ago and people were criticizing the fact that industry especially the urbings paid far less than they should have yeah. how can we reform how can the government reform 
the property tax system and make sure the industry pays their fair share? Yeah, so, well, again, I think we need swift action on, uh, on tax havens. That's one thing uh, that uh, we, we need to be uh, working on. Uh, tax havens have uh, been a plague on, on our, our economy, not just here in New Brunswick. It's, it's, it's a worldwide issue. Uh, but in New Brunswick, we're actually part of that problem in the sense where um, our corporate registry is so lax that uh, we're helping companies from elsewhere, uh, you know, uh, launder their money uh, in, in the province. We're helping um, industries, you know, evade uh, paying taxes. And, and our, our, some of our companies here are, are doing the same thing using other jurisdictions like, uh, like Bermuda. Um, even though they say that they're not doing it anymore, there's proof that they are. And, uh, and so that's, that's one thing. The other thing I think that um, it's a pretty, pretty easy fix, I would say, is that, you know, if you're not paying your full, your fair share of taxes in New Brunswick, I understand that tax havens have been made legal uh, in a certain way uh, by by our federal governments. That I understand because big companies using tax havens will often tell you, but what we're doing is legal. It might be legal, but my question, is it, et- is it ethical? Mm-hmm. And so we can't change laws at the federal government level unless we get elected as as federal MPs. But as provincial MLAs and the provincial legislature, for me, it it should be a no-brainer that if there's any reasonable doubt that you are, you know, taking advantage of tax evasion uh, and tax tax havens, you are not going to be at one cent of subsidies in this province and and because you're not doing your fair share so you're not paying for the public infrastructure that you are using to create that wealth and so i think that uh that is is uh, a major issue and then there's there's i mean just you know stop stop subsidizing uh large industries um, and if if we do subsidize um, if we do subsidize things, let's subsidize what has the greater impact uh, on on our communities, and uh, and and to create because what we're we're doing is we're helping create monopolies by always mm-hmm. subsidizing the same people uh we're not redistributing that wealth uh equally um, to create you know proper competition and and proper um you know um cooperative uh, our 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 worker uh worker um worker uh, owned uh, enterprises are, are making sure that m- the models that we're subsidizing are actually uh, going into the hands of all and not in the hands of few. Something else I want to talk about is the government announced they had a surplus of $777 million, but the province is facing a number of issues that money could be spent on. What, like, why? Like, why could, like, 
what does the government need to spend money on and why do they keep having these great big surpluses when there's so much wrong in this province? Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're obviously single-track-minded into, into paying the debt. That's, I mean, Blaine Hicks ran on that. He mm-hmm. said he was going to pay off the debt at all costs. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's horrible uh, thinking when you're doing that on the backs of, of vulnerable people, of the, the working class, uh, because, like, like I've I've raised uh, a few times already today, and there there isn't any you know redistribution of of that. that the redistribution of wealth is not being made. I I often say in the house that our government you know is believing blindly into the the into the the uh, how, how do you call that? It's uh, an economic principle. Um, oh, the uh, the Keynesian theory. Well, when, when the, the, the trickle down. Oh, trickle down uh, economics. So I, some, yeah. some terms I have in French. I'm sorry. It's, uh, in my head, it's it's French. And it, it doesn't always come out as, as quick in English. But you know that in the unicorn, I, I always say in the house that the, this government is believing blindly in the unicorn of, of trickle down, mm-hmm. and, and and so they think that money. Uh, I mean, economists have been able to prove time and time and time again that you know trickle down is, is not working it just it creates a, a concentration of the of the wealth so so the province is 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 uh, is making enormous surpluses um, on the backs of uh, vulnerable people in the working class and 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 they're saying oh we will spend the money if you know we see uh, a program that is that is fit when there's about you know there's a lot in 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 that can uh, be put in place to to help um, fellow uh, New Brunswickers mm-hmm. um, attacking poverty. Um, like our our poverty reduction. First of all, I hate poverty reduction. I mean, uh, I think we should always be talking about poverty elimination. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you have to reduce it to eliminate it. But uh, when your end goal is just reducing it, is you, you start off with the assumption that you're always going to have some poverty, and actually, you need poverty to to keep our system in place. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's not the kind of system that I, I definitely believe in, where we say that you know. We could spare a few people um, in, in, in the name of in the name of uh, in the name of um, of, of uh, enriching uh, a few. So so yeah. I mean, the, the, for me, the surpluses are. Uh, I'm not saying you can't have a surplus, like it, 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 you know you, but but the, the the size of the surpluses that we're seeing is just for me purely purely bad faith uh it, it, it's it's um it, it's 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 enormous when we look at the challenges um that we're that that we're facing my final question for today is people have been talking about reforming the electoral system away from first past the post do you yeah. think that we should have a new electoral system absolutely absolutely um uh, i think that you know we've been running with the same system uh 
since the beginning of confederation mm-hmm. um it it it's it's past we it it's not working for people we're seeing all around the world uh rises of uh extreme uh right populism um because people have become uh completely disillusioned and disabused about you know um how politics are 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 working and and so when you have a government like the conservative government in new brunswick right now who has 100 percent of the power and i would say you know 90 percent of that power sits within the office of the premier which has been elected by only the members of uh of that party um the party only received 26% of the vote uh, if you look at um, abstention as being, um, you know, something that's legitimate. Mm-hmm. If people don't, if, if politicians can't get people out to vote, I think that speaks a lot and, and that needs to be factored into the numbers. And, uh, and so when you look at it, this government right now, uh, which is taking all the decisions in our province, have been elected by, you know, only a quarter of, of the population. So then we wonder why uh, politics favor certain classes of people and, 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 and always the same. Um, it's because not everyone has been voting for them, but their voice is, is not being heard in a, uh, in, a, in, in a respectable fashion. So if you look at the last election, I think with the percentage of vote, uh, just the Greens, I think we would be, I, I think it's seven um, in, in the House if, if, if you take the... I think it was 15%. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think it was close to 15% the last election in the province. Mm-hmm. But then that's taking numbers out of, you know, the current um, uh, electoral process. And so if you have something like uh, proportional representation uh, with uh, some regional breakdowns to make sure that the regions are, are uh, also uh, being respected, well, then you, uh, you'd have a lot less people that are voting um, how do they say that voting strategically mm-hmm. and so then you'd have a better picture of what actually um, you know uh, the kind of representation that people are looking for uh, w- w- would want so yes I I have been advocating for electoral reform um, I think that governments are ignoring it because uh, they are advantaged uh, by it. Mm-hmm. it. It's not the well-being of the citizens that's being taken into account here. It's really the, the well-being of of uh, political parties, and and yeah. So I I do uh, strongly believe in uh, electoral reform, and and I personally favor. Um, um, proportional models um i know there's a lot and and i am definitely open to uh some good discussions about the different models i think some are uh, more interesting than others but there's 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 not one proportional model that uh, i would say that you know it needs to be that model and, and that model only at this at this point uh, obviously to take that kind of decision you need a a strong citizen input and 
And I would go even further than that and say that, you know, even with proportional representation, you do still need direct democracy um, through throughout that. And so you can't just have, you know, representation. You need to have, um, as a citizen, um, you need to have the opportunities um, to to um, to uh, <clears throat> go uh, or, or take a place in in the public interest in in the uh, in in the decision making. So you need models of direct democracy uh, scattered through that uh, to and, and and not not these government consultations that we hear about. That's that's not the you know that's not direct democracy consultations are often you know we're 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 going it's a marketing scam it's uh we're going to go listen to people um and you know probably 90% of our ideal is already made uh and the report will reflect that um we'll add in we we might learn a few things that make us think but uh the the decision has already been made at at one level or another so you really need to have um uh, forms of direct democracy uh, and and very strong local governments um and when you look at the recent reform that we're doing here in new brunswick Mm -hmm. there, there are there are some advantages to this, and and I've I've often said, and uh, I, I do support a reform in uh, in uh, municipal uh, uh, politics. Um, I, I think that a, a reform is needed, but if you do a reform without giving power and resources and the capacity to act on what your community needs then that's not a reform. That's just downloading of responsibilities and kind of washing your hands with some problems that you you don't feel like you want to be blamed for. So so there needs to be uh, to, to strike a balance in, in this reform to, to ensure that, you know, um, as a, as a student in political science, uh, I'm sure you, you, you understand the, the full meaning of what a citizen is and, yes. and so uh, in, in uh, social republican uh, you know um, um, theory uh, a, a citizen is is someone that that is is fully um, fully participating in the democratic model not only by voting once every four years well, that's all the questions I have for you. So, well, thank you for this for taking the time out of your day to do this interview with me. It's a great pleasure. Thank you. I'll, I'll talk to you sometime sometime later. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And any time. And uh, if if I'm in Saint John and, and uh, you want to do something live, uh, I can give you a heads yeah, up. Yeah. If next time you're in the city, let me know, and we could arrange something live. Awesome. Thank you. Take care, Logan. Bye.